Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mindful Gemini podcast. My name is Nikki, and I'm so happy that you're listening. Just want to put a quick disclaimer out there. I apologize in advance if you can hear my fan in the background. It is 86 out here in California, but maybe it will supply some sort of ambiance to the background of today's episode. Anyways, I have a lot of topics that I want to talk about today, so without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, my beautiful people. What's up? I am so exhausted. For those of you that don't know, I'm a college student and I am in my final week of my spring semester. So pretty much for the past two weeks, I've just been holed up in my room, churning out essay after essay after assignment, trying to finish off the semester strong. And I'm sure that my fellow college, vacational, high school, all my fellow students out there can agree that this has been a hell of a semester and it is nothing like anyone that we have ever endured before. But luckily, I only have two days left and then I am home free for about a week and a half and then my summer classes start May 5th. Why I did that to myself? I don't know. But hey, if it gets me out of community college faster, then so be it. But for those of you who are still in school after these past two days and you still have another month or a few weeks or something, here is my motivational sequence for you. I promise it is almost over. I know that there's a lot of work to do. I know this has not been the ideal situation for any of us. This is the final push the final lap. We're in this for the long haul. Let's finish this out strong, get our assignments in, and make sure that we all have a beautiful summer despite the current situation of the world. So I actually have a story time for you guys today. Things have kind of been crazy lately here in my neck of the woods. Basically, I am one of four houses that are corner houses on this intersection in my neighborhood for the sake of privacy protection clarity all of that stuff we're gonna call these two streets pogue and kook i finished watching outer banks like two days after it came out i binge watched the entire thing on a friday so good 10 out of 10 we're gonna talk about that later but anyway pogue and kook so pogue goes all the way from rural farmland up to the suburbs and then it ends at the river in the suburb area in the neighborhood there is a canal that goes straight through pogue street when they were creating the path for the canal they decided to take it immediately through pogue and cut the street in half because a lot of people run from police down this road or they drag race or they just decide to gun it since it's almost exactly a straight road there's like one or two curves in it so they decided that when people were doing this they would rather have them turn at the barrier and only do damage to their back end or their side versus going all the way through and drowning in the river so pretty much since pogue is known for people running from police or speeding or drag racing all that stuff I have become accustomed to toning out sirens, 
tire screeches, donuts, all of that stuff. I can sleep through all of that. I've learned to block it out. So around this time last year, I was in my kitchen. One of my aunts was sleeping and the other was in the bathroom. I had just come in from taking Rosie outside. Rosie's my dog, so I was fixing her some food. And there was someone outside in the intersection doing donuts. I didn't pay much attention to it because, like I said, I've learned to block these things out. Then all of a sudden, I hear this loud smack. I'm like, oh no, they hit someone, they ran into the stop sign. I'm like, great, let's go see. So I go to my window, and I'm thinking maybe they hit the stop sign, maybe they hit a parked car, I don't know. Well, I go to my window, and here is this white pickup truck in the middle of my yard with half of my fence torn down. So all of a sudden, all of the worst case scenarios just start running through my head. Somebody's passed out, somebody's dead. Like, what do I do, what do I do? So I grab the phone and I call 911. I run outside, I'm shaking at this point. I'm mentally preparing myself to say that somebody's dead or somebody's passed out, I don't know. So as soon as the dispatcher answers and she goes 911, what's your emergency? The white pickup puts it in reverse and takes off down the street. And now I'm standing here like, what do I say? Technically, this is a hit and run, but there's no person that was hit. It was just my property. So I tell the dispatcher what happened. She says, is anyone hurt or injured or anything? I said, no, the guy just took off down the street. So she transfers me to CHP and I tell them what happened. My aunts have come out at this point, so they're kind of piecing together what happened. And CHP tells me that it's a non-emergency since nobody's hurt and there's no immediate need for emergency response. So they tell me, okay, take pictures of everything, write down whatever it was you saw, and we'll have someone out there in a few hours because we have a lot of calls today. I'm like, okay. And I've never experienced something to this level before. We've had some crazy things that I can talk about in different sort of story times happen in my neighborhood, but nothing to where it damaged our property like this. So I'm like, okay, what do we do now? So one of my aunts is on the phone with my cousin, who's a freelance contractor, saying like, hey, can you come out? Like, our fence is down because we need to put our fence back up since we have dogs and they need to go outside and we can't have them outside without a fence. So I'm taking pictures of everything and then one of my aunts starts laughing. So then my other aunt and I look at her, we're like, what? She goes, he's not gonna get very far. We're like, what do you mean? She says, look down at the wood pile. So we look down and clear as day in all of its glory, sitting at the very top of this wood pile is the white pickup truck's license plate. And we just start busting out laughing. So I take a picture of it as it's sitting there in the wood pile. Then we place it up on the porch so we can give it to the CHP whenever they come by. All of a sudden, this small car pulls up and it's a lady from our neighborhood with two kids in the car. And she says, hey, I was just at the stop sign. I saw him crash into your fence. I tried to follow him and 
get his license plate number for you, maybe confront him. If you need me for a witness statement, like I'm here, I can do that. We're like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. So after pretty much standing out there for a few, maybe hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, we decided that, you know, it's going to be a while before they ever get here and it's starting to get warm out. We're sweating. We've cleaned up as much as we can. So she writes out a witness statement and gives us her contact information. We say our goodbyes. We say thank you so much. And we go inside. This all happened around three or four in the afternoon. All of a sudden, at 8.30, about four hours later, the police finally show up. We're like, thank goodness. So we go outside, we greet him, we tell him what happened. I show him all the photos. I give him a description of kind of what I saw. I couldn't see much because the pickup truck had tinted windows. And then we pull out the license plate and he just starts like, so he gives me a card and I email him all the photos. We give him the witness statement and he tells us that he's going to go to her house and just verify everything with her and then they'll do an investigation. So then we just have to call um, the police department in a few days, see if they have anything. And then if they're able to track down whoever it was, see if they have insurance and they can pay for our fence because... It was about $300 worth of damage because wood is not cheap. So pretty much it's our own fault that we didn't follow up with that. But, you know, it was okay. Flash forward to about two weeks ago. And I had just brought Susie in from outside. Susie is my other dog. And I was in my room. I was starting to write my term paper. And all of a sudden, I hear this loud bang. And I thought something had fallen off the roof of the shed in the backyard. We have a few things up there. Maybe the cats knocked something down or maybe someone hit a pothole. But for some reason, this was strange. And I sat there for a second. I was like, what the hell? So I put my computer on my bed and I walk. I think I'm thinking that something has fallen off the shed in the backyard. So I go to my back door and I'm looking out there. Nothing looks out of place. There's completely nothing disturbed out there. So I say, okay, if it's not in the backyard, it has to be in the front yard. So I make my way into the living room and I see that my aunt is standing in the doorway and she's on the phone with someone and she's kind of peeking through the screen. And as I look past her, I see a Tahoe an SUV on its side leaning up against my tree with the entire fence down. I'm like, holy crap. So my other aunt gets up and I'm like, somebody's rolled over in our yard. She's like, what? I'm like, come on, hurry. So we all go outside. My neighbors are flooding from their houses. I've not seen that many people come so quickly before. And the men start pulling the wood pieces from my fence out from underneath the Tahoe. To the left of the Tahoe is a, another SUV. I believe that one was a Lincoln. And it was straight up upright in the street. And the passenger side had been caved in. 
that one was pouring fuel, and the Tahoe that was on its passenger side, leaning up against a tree, was smoking. There was glass all over our front porch, and one of my aunts and I were barefoot, so we had to run in, get our shoes on, and come back out so that we didn't cut our feet. And I'm just standing here thinking, oh my god, somebody's dead, somebody's trapped, these cars are going to blow because they're smoking and pouring fuel, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So, meanwhile, the men are pulling the fence pieces out from under the Tahoe, so that way they can get whoever's in it out. The driver was able to kick his window out and climb out. Luckily, he was the only person in that SUV, and he was standing upright and everything. He wasn't knocked out, any of that. The people in the Lincoln were a husband and wife, and they were able to just get up and walk out of their cars, thankfully. So, multiple people are on the phone with 911, and luckily, we have a fire station in our neighborhood. So, they were able to get there very quickly and put out the smoke from the Tahoe and the fuel and everything from the Lincoln. So we're all just kind of standing there like, what the hell just happened? And we are just trying to piece together what we're seeing right now because this looks like a serious crash. And at this point, we don't know if there's anyone still in the cars or not. And I know how excruciating it is to cut somebody out of a car and how every single second counts. So I'm just praying that nobody's trapped in these cars, nobody's passed out, nobody's dead for that matter. And so the police and ambulance show up, and then my aunt turns to me and she says, go call your cousin. So I run in the house, I grab my phone, and I call my cousin. I'm like, hey, um, what are you doing right now? He says, nothing, why? I said, two cars just got in a really bad accident outside in the yard and one is rolled over on a tree and the entire fence is down. I need you to come right now. So he's like, okay, you're not that far from me. I'm on my way. And at first I didn't think about that comment because I'm on the complete other side of town from him. I'm not right around the corner like he was talking about, but I wasn't really focused on that. I was shaking and possibly panicking. So then I get a call a few minutes later and he says, where's home? I'm like, where do you mean where's home? He says, who am I talking to? I say, Nikosha. And I tell him my address and he's like, oh, I didn't know I was talking to Nikosha. I was like, I thought you had my number saved. He said, no, I have the home phone saved. I don't have your number saved. I'm like, oh, well, and then I tell him my address again. And he says, you know what, it's going to be a while before tow trucks get there and they examine everything, so whenever they get the cars out of there, call me and we'll come up with a game plan. I'm like, okay. So I go back outside, and one of my best friends, who is one of my neighbors, I go up to her and I'm just kind of talking to her. Luckily, everybody is out of the cars and they're able to walk around. There's nobody who is, like, as far as we know, in serious injury. So we're just like, this is a hell of a thing to happen. And a few people have come up to my aunts and I at this point. They're like, didn't this happen last year? Isn't this the second time this has happened? And we're like, yeah, haha, just kind of laughing through the pain because last time it was $300 for a small corner. This time, I can't even, we're not even focused on that right now. We're just trying to make sure that people are okay. So my aunts, our household, we love crime shows, we love police, 
shows, like all of that stuff. That is our shtick. We love NCIS. We love live PD. We love Criminal Minds, Law and Order, all that jazz. My aunts are very stubborn. They're in their 70s. And they like to try and be little Scooby-Doo crew sleuthers. So they are like all up into these cars. And I'm like, get back. I'm like, let the responders do their thing. I'm like, get back. Because they are trying to take down information. They're trying to write down license plates for insurance. And one of them turns to me and she says, take pictures. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking pictures because I'm standing here thinking she wants me to take pictures to remember this. I'm like, I don't know if anybody's hurt. I'm not taking pictures. And she tells me for insurance. And I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. So I still don't feel comfortable taking photos. So I just take like three quick ones and then I put my phone away. Even though some of my neighbors are Facebook living this and recording this, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? So, pretty much, the guy who was driving the Tahoe, his face has started to swell up. It's obvious he has a head injury, and the paramedics are trying to tell him, like, hey, we need to take you to the hospital. You might have a concussion. Your face is swelling up. And he's standing there saying, I'm not going to the effing hospital. And he's cussing them out, all this stuff. I don't know how they got him into that gurney. I'm pretty sure they had to restrain him. But somehow they were able to convince him to go. The husband and wife, they were okay. The wife just had a cut on her leg. So they decided that they weren't going to fiddle around with going to the hospital because hospitals are crazy right now anyway. So the policewoman who was interviewing her, who we were standing right there with them, she just says, okay, if it feels like worse later today, then call the doctor and go get an x-ray. But since it's not immediate injury right now and you're saying that it's okay, we're not going to force you to go to the hospital. Then she comes up to us and she's like, okay, who's the homeowner? So we give her all of our information and we ask her if the guy who's driving the Tahoe said anything about insurance and she said, we're going to have to see about that later because he's not really talking right now. We're like, gotcha. So then the tow trucks come, they end up flipping the Tahoe over so they can get it upright and get it onto the back of the tow truck. I forgot what that's called. The bed, the bed of the tow truck. Meanwhile, I'm sweeping glass off of the porch. I'm just trying to clean up because at this point, that's all I can do. I can't just stand there and watch things. This is my house. I have to clean up the glass. So then the police, there's no way that this just happened as in like someone wasn't looking. Obviously, they were going very fast. And one thing that happened when I was talking to my best friend who lives next door to me, I, when I'm panicking and about to have an anxiety attack, I, not all the time, but sometimes, once in a blue moon, I make a few jokes to try and lighten the mood. So I say to her, I'm like, if he would have rolled two more feet, he would have taken out that ugly ash tree and I won't have to have it anymore because it's my aunt's tree and I hate it. And so she looks at me, her being the rational one, and she said, dude, if that would have rolled a few more feet, 
like if that tree hadn't been there, he could have kept rolling and he would have taken out your car, my car, and who knows what could have happened to him. So then I start kind of coming back to reality. I'm like, damn, you're right. So anyway, back to our kind of timeline. They put the Tahoe upright and they start their investigation as to how this happened. I kid you not. From just the Tahoe, not the Lincoln. The Lincoln, they couldn't find anything. The Tahoe had four liter cans of some sort of alcohol in it. And I'm like, what the heck? And all four of them were open. So you know that he's been like down in these bottles. And I remembered when the guys were pulling the wood out from underneath the car that I smell alcohol, and I remembered that somebody threw a can of alcohol when they were trying to, you know, get stuff out of the way. So I go up to one of the officers, I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah. I said, when they were pulling him out of the car earlier, they threw another can of alcohol over here somewhere. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you that or not. And he says, where is it at? And I point to him where, and he's like, okay, thank you. So pretty much in total, they found four liter cans of alcohol, almost all of which were open, and one liter bottle of Bud Light that was open. And here's the kicker. They found two packets of drug paraphernalia in his car. We're like, oh, so that's new. And pretty much we all kind of made the conclusion at this point that it was his fault for the whole accident. So the policewoman who we were talking to earlier, she kind of takes out this yardstick thing and she's trying to figure out how much damage there is because now we're at the point where we can start talking about insurance and all that stuff. Pretty much, last time it was a small corner, maybe 15 feet. This time it was 50 feet worth of fence completely gone. So, after everybody clears out, we call my cousin, and we realize that it is way too late to try and put the fence up, so we're going to have to put it up later. He says, the soonest I can get out there is Saturday. We called him Thursday morning, so it's going to be a few days. We're like, okay. So, he gets out here, and pretty much, it is about $1,000 worth of damage. But let's back up a little bit to Friday morning. Friday morning, I wake up and I have a text from my aunt who lives out in Texas. She likes to keep up with things here because she lived here when she was younger and she sent me a link. I'm thinking it's like just something funny that she found on Facebook. There's a photo of the crash and it has an update as to what happened. And the guy who was driving the Tahoe that had the alcohol and the drugs and everything, he got a felony DUI. Not a misdemeanor. A felony. I'm like, oh, okay. Still not the craziest thing to happen in this neighborhood or to my house. So, pretty much now we're at the point where we're waiting for all the paperwork to be done, and then since he does not have insurance, we can take him to small claims court and get somebody to pay for our fence. Because even though our fence is up, wood is not cheap, especially right now. So 
that's kind of where we're at with that. Let me know if you guys have ever had something crazy like this or even crazier go on in your neighborhood or at your house because the neighborhood definitely used to not be like this. It used to be one of those neighborhoods where you could leave your door open if you're going to go to your backyard. You could leave your windows down and nobody would steal anything. Now it's like if you step out of your house for one minute, you better close your door and lock your window. And honestly, it's just sad seeing the degradation. Degradation. Is that a word? I don't know. But it's just sad seeing the neighborhood kind of go downhill. And I miss the old days, but I still, I love the people in my neighborhood. Some of them are the nicest people I've ever met. And everyone here knows each other. But yeah, let me know if anything like that has ever happened to you guys. But let's move on to a lighter note. It is starting to feel like summer. I have mixed feelings about this because while I love summer, I do wish that we could relish in the spring weather for a little bit longer and get some more rain. But I do love the sun and I have started tanning. You know, sitting outside listening to podcasts or meditating or something. And the other day when I was outside tanning and hanging out, I saw this old chair that has been broken for the longest time that we've just never gotten rid of. We've had it for like 15 years. And I decided that I want to fix it up so I can have my own chair that I can put my feet up in and tan because I'm just sitting in a garden chair outside and just like putting my feet up on top of whatever's out there. And I kind of want one of those longer chairs that you can prop up and like, you know, the ones that are at the beach, you know what I'm talking about? It's one of those. So I... I'm deciding to take on a new project and fix this chair up because we've never gotten rid of it and it's broken, so might as well repair it and get some use out of it. But I am so excited for the sun and things warming up a little bit. I'm not somebody who likes it extremely warm or extremely cold. I do not like heat. I think about 83 is the hottest that I like it. Anything over that, I'm dying and you will find me inside with an air condition on. I don't function during the heat, but I am excited that, you know, summer activities are coming up. I can go on walks. I can go outside and tan. Maybe when coronavirus is over, I can go to the reservoir, swim in the little lakes out there. I'm hoping that I can do that because my county fair just got canceled due to the current situation, which included some concerts that I have been dying to see these performers, Hunter Hayes and Runaway June. I've been dying to see Hunter Hayes since I was like 13, and Runaway June, I had the chance to see them a few years ago, but I missed their entire set when I was in line. It was a multiple act kind of one day festival thing. So I was really excited to see them, but because of the current situation, they decided to cancel our fair and I go every year. So that's very sad, but we can still make the best of it. And I'm excited to see what becomes of the summer. I'm turning 19 in 
a month and a half from right now. So I'm excited for that as well. So earlier in my story time, I made reference to something called Outer Banks. It is the newest series to hit Netflix. Came out about two weeks ago and I binge watched it on Friday of the first week it came out. It came out on a Wednesday, so I left it until Friday and I binge watched it, cried, all that stuff. It is so good. It has now become one of my all-time favorite shows just off of one season. If you follow me on social media or you are one of my very close friends, you know I cannot shut up about this show. And I was harping on everybody. I was like, dude, you need to watch Outer Banks. It is so good. And everyone was kind of like, I don't know. It seems like a teen drama. It doesn't really seem like it's going to be all that interesting. Like, I don't know. And then guess what? They all watched it and now none of them can shut up about it either. So it's kind of my I told you so moment. But essentially it is the OC meets the Goonies meets teen drama. And there's something in it for everyone. Basically it's about these group of kids that live on this island called the Outer Banks, which is off the coast of the Carolinas. And it is cut into two social groups. There are the kooks, who are the rich people who, during hurricane season, have backup generators, they live in mansions, go to the preppy school, and then there are the pogues, who are the non-rich people who go weeks without electricity during hurricane season, go out and fish, boat all day, and just try to make a living. So there is this core group of pogues. Key, Pope, JJ, and John B. John B is the main character of the show. Then there is this main group of kooks, Rafe, Topper, and Sarah Cameron. So, John B's dad went missing a few years last year. Yeah, his dad went missing a year ago, and he refused to give up on looking for his dad. When a local boater ends up dead, John B. gets his father's compass, and there's something etched on the inside. So he and his friends go on this quest to figure out what happened to his dad, as well as to look for this supposed gold that is $400 million that's buried on the island somewhere. I gave away no spoilers. This is everything that we learned in the trailers. And it is so good. The writing is done so well on this show. And like I said, there's something for everybody. There is mystery, adventure, there's action, there's crime, romance, family, all of this stuff. And it is done so well. Plus, I love this cast. Charles Easton is in it. He kind of plays the main antagonist. And I loved him in Nashville. Nashville is one of my favorite shows of all time. So I was really excited he was in it. Chase Stokes is such a good actor. He plays John B. And I'm literally obsessed with everyone in the show because they're all so good. And they just bring so much character. I want to say character, but I'm being redundant. Anyway, it is so good. I highly suggest the show. And the cast is so just intelligent and woke. I hate saying that word, but they are. They talked about a few weeks ago when they were on Instagram Live how originally they were supposed to film the show in North Carolina. They originally had a plan to film in North Carolina, but at the time of filming, 
North Carolina had a law that was targeted against transgender people and it just completely violated and targeted the LGBTQ plus community. So since they as people, as well as since they had Netflix involved, they decided that it was not the best idea to film in North Carolina while that law was in place. So they packed up and they moved it down to South Carolina and filmed the entire show. Since then, North Carolina has kind of repealed and ratified this law, but it is still not where it needs to be and it still is not a great kind of law that they have or a great view on transgender people. So who knows, maybe they'll go back to North Carolina and film in the future, although I highly doubt that. I think they'll stay in South Carolina. But just the fact that the actors were able to stand up and say like, hey, we don't agree with this, and that the entire cast and crew were able to pick up and move states, I was so, so happy when I heard that. I was like, I just gained a new level of respect for them. But yeah, go check out Outer Banks so that way we can get a season two and it'll make your life better because summer is coming up and it is such a summer vibey show. So go check it out, Outer Banks on Netflix. This is not sponsored by the way, I just really love this show. So now we're going to jump into something a little bit more serious. I have two different topics that I was going to get into either in this episode or separate them into two different episodes. But the more I think about it, both of these topics fall under the same umbrella, and that umbrella is independency. I'm someone who has always been very independent, and by that I mean I tend to do things on my own and I honestly prefer doing things on my own as opposed to a group. Don't get me wrong, I love my friends and I love socializing, but I also value my time to myself and I'm okay doing things on my own. What I wanted to mention today was what it's like being an outsider and never fitting a quote-unquote role in a group. Let me elaborate. You take a friend group and everyone plays either one or multiple roles. They're the main course to that group and without them being present, things feel off or they fall apart at the seams. I can honestly say that growing up, I never had that feeling that I belonged in a group of friends, either because I came into the friend group late and everyone had established relationships, which, side note, is so fucked up and toxic and I hope that none of you guys ever have to experience that. Anyway, back to this. Or we would all start talking and just drift away or whatever the case was. I did not have that solid core group to call my friends until I got into high school and found them much later on. Shout out to you guys. You know who you are. I love you. But when I look at myself being an independent and being in a social setting, I think that there needs to be a balance between the two. Obviously, both have their negatives and their positives, but I think that when it comes to finding that line between what you do on your own and what you do with other people, a lot of us tend to blur that line, and I found that blurring that line is not healthy. So let's get into this. Let's say you have a best friend or a group of best friends, 
and you guys are either with each other every day or you talk to each other every day. Essentially, you guys are glued at the hip, whether, you know, in person or online. Basically, they become a part of your daily routine and you create this dependency on them because they're a part of your routine, so you get used to them, you get comfortable. Being comfortable is a whole other topic that I'm going to dedicate an entire podcast to. But anyway, you get comfortable with them. And the one day that this person either has a doctor's appointment or their phone is in the shop, the one time that you two are not at the hip, it sends shatters through your body and just rattles your mind for that day because it like sends you into a mind fuck because you're not with that person and you've developed a dependency to them that your day can't function without either talking to that person or being with them and you're focused on either what they're doing or what you would do with them if they were there that you're not focusing on what you need to be doing it becomes unhealthy because you can't do things on your own then on the other hand Having too much alone time and too much isolation where you're not socializing with people creates it to where you can't communicate with others. And what you're feeling and how you're feeling, you can't tell people that and you can't reciprocate feelings with each other. You know, when you're alone a lot of the time, honestly, you get lonely. And not only that, a lot of times you create this wall to where you're unable to communicate with people and let them into your life or just share how you're feeling because you're lacking those communication skills or you're lacking those bonds with people and you also become unhealthy with it and sometimes people tend to develop narcissism or ego egotistical traits because they're all focused on themselves for too long and i think that there's a very vivid line between focusing on yourself and also socializing that a lot of us tend to forget and i think that having that balance just overall will make us all so much healthier and it'll keep us to where we're able to communicate with people and we're able to collaborate and all the stuff that comes with socializing but also have the skills that come with focusing on ourselves and taking time to separate ourselves from those group settings so the second part of independence that i wanted to talk about today is in regards to relationships dating and love because i'm someone who is very independent and i also tend to be a homebody i haven't had those typical social settings and those typical social experience. So now I sit here today being in college, being almost 19 without my first boyfriend, without my first kiss, without going on my first date or really ever flirting with someone in an intimate way. And you know me, I am a hopeless romantic. I started coming up with my dream wedding when I was five. And I think that, you know, Society puts these pressure, this pressure on kids under the age of 18 where it's like when we're in high school, we have to start dating, we have to marry our high school sweetheart and have kids and do this and do that and there's this mold that they want us all to follow but really that's not realistic because 
you know, we're all kids, like we're young, we haven't had very many experiences and we don't know what our sexualities are yet. You know, we're figuring out our sexuality, what we like, what we don't like, who we like, who we don't like, what pleasures us, what doesn't pleasure us, what we're attracted to, what we're not. And there's so many different paths and so many different things that people are still realizing and we're always changing and ever evolving. But society puts this pressure on us where we have to follow this specific mold and it's just so not realistic and it becomes detrimental to kids because, you know, when I was in high school, I was just, even now, I'm surrounded by people who are going out on dates or in relationships, people my age who are getting married, having kids, all of this stuff, and it's like, I feel like I'm not part of the game because I just haven't had that yet, and you know, as soon as I turned 18, I downloaded Tinder and Bumble and all these dating apps, and I was like, okay, I gotta get into the game here. I was talking with people, and I'd either get ghosted, or I just wouldn't vibe with anyone, or I would say, hey, and they would unadd me for no apparent reason, and anytime something didn't work out, I would start tearing myself down. I'd be like, why doesn't this person like me? What's wrong with me? Um, is it because I'm ugly? Is it because I'm fat? Do they not like my personality? This, that, and I started tearing myself down. My self-esteem was so low, and which is so unhealthy and toxic for myself. And I feel like a lot of other people have gone through this too because I do know at least eight other people who are in the same position as me. And really this has been hitting me this week because I've just thought about all of my different crushes and when I've gotten to that point where I started flirting with someone and all of a sudden they would get a girlfriend or they just would turn me down or ghost me or whatever the hell happens and it just tears me down and it starts this cycle again and I'm saying all this because I was scrolling through TikTok the other day which by the way I deleted my TikTok for a few weeks because I've spent way too much time on there to the point where it's unhealthy and also there's just so much drama on TikTok right now that I just don't have time for it but anyway I was scrolling through TikTok on my For You page and this video came up by someone I had never seen before, and it was honestly like a godsend. It was like a reminder that I needed. It's from this guy, I can't remember his name, but he was basically talking about manifestation and the law of attraction, which you all know is something that I preach to all of you. And he was basically talking about, basically talking about how we have, how all of us have this ideal person or this ideal personality that we want to eventually be with and instead of searching for that right person and looking for that right person in someone else we need to focus on becoming that person for ourselves because what we put out into the world is what we attract and if we are someone who is so busy looking for other people and we're trying to be dependent on someone we're just going to attract the same people that we're trying to avoid and none of us want that. So as you try to focus on yourself and become this ideal person for yourself, you're eventually going to attract them. And the other day, I was talking to some of my friends on YouNow. YouNow is a live streaming app, for those of you that don't know. And some of my guy friends are talking about how they think it's really attractive when 
people are, you know, doing their own thing, focus on themselves, and they don't have this dependency on others. And some of my girlfriends chimed in and they felt the exact same way. And I don't know, just I started thinking about it and it was just a reminder for me that I need to stop worrying about, you know, finding that right person, settling down, having kids, because really, I'm only 19 years old. I'm barely going to be a sophomore in college. I am not even a fourth of the way through my life. And I'm sitting here being worried about finding that right person and getting married and having kids. Like, it's not healthy for me. I should be focusing on what I want out of life and focusing on myself, getting, you know, getting in shape, working on my personality, working on my career. I shouldn't be worried about someone else. I should be learning how to be independent on my own instead of trying to be dependent on someone else. And, you know, I think in relationships, people who are dependent on each other, it just becomes a toxic situation when you're in a relationship, when you're in a marriage, for example, even though marriage isn't for everyone. But for those, for those people who end up becoming in a marriage, you know, you are two equals, you're two partners, you have your own things for yourselves, but you come together and share certain things and you come together to become one person. But you also have those things that are for yourself. And that's a lot healthier versus two people who are independent or who are dependent, sorry, on each other and just get rattled whenever something is off on the path. And society puts us all into this mold that they want us all to fit in. But the reality is we don't all fit in that. Every single person is on a different path. And when we start focusing on our own path, not comparing ourselves to others, it just relieves so much pressure and we become so much healthier and we start attracting healthy people in our lives, whether they're meant to be in our lives for a few weeks or a few years or meant to be in our lives forever. So I don't know. I hope this is motivation or a reminder for you all to just focus on yourself. Be the boss ass people that you are. Don't worry about the guy who's not texting you back or the girl who is boring as heck to text or whatever the case is. Don't worry about that. Focus on yourself and I promise the right person will come along because honestly, I do not need to be worried about getting married when I'm barely a full year out of high school. But yeah, that's just some food for thought for you guys. And I think with that, I just also want to say, hey, girl or guy out there, it's okay that you have a Pinterest board for your wedding and you're not even in a relationship. It's okay. It's okay to every now and then, you know, stuff ice cream in your face and cry about, you know, a crush or about not having anyone. That's okay. But as long as you have more positive days versus those negative days, the negative days don't seem as bad. And I think that when you have more of those positive days, you're winning already. So why not just put out that good energy into the world so you get that good energy back at you? You know, what you put out is what you attract. I will say it over and over again until it is ingrained in your guys' heads because it took me a while for that to get ingrained in my head. And ever since it has, I've just been so much happier and so much healthier 
But with that being said, I think that's going to be the end of this week's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to my rambles, to my story times, to my mind being all over the place. I really do appreciate it. Be sure to check out themindfulgemini.com. Like I said, I'm a blogger. I post things on there even though right now I haven't been posting stuff. But now I have some time in between my spring and summer classes so I can come up with some content and get things up for you guys. So be sure to check that out. Follow all of my social medias. They're going to be linked either down below or in the description of this post. Keep up to date with me. Be sure to follow this podcast so you guys can come back next week and hear the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the continued support. And without with anything else being said, I'm starting to ramble. Now I need to go. Okay. With that being said, I will see you guys next Sunday. Bye.